0: Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The rundown podcast has all of that and it's Chicago based. So, you know, what's up in your neighborhood and across town, listen to the rundown wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This week, it's all about the money from Chicago's dire fiscal situation. To be clear,
2: folks, we are not experiencing merely a rainy day.
1: It is truly a rainy season. To tighter restrictions on Illinois businesses. We are now headed into a peak that is beyond, potentially, where we were in March and April. To a stimulus package, or lack of one, coming to rescue Chicago.
0: House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says she and Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin must reach an agreement within 48 hours if they want to pass a coronavirus stimulus relief bill
1: i'm justin kaufman and we're taking you inside those stories and more on wbez's weekly news roundup joining us around the virtual table this week is chicago sun times columnist and abc 7 political analyst laura washington hi laura
0: great to be with you justin
1: and also with us wttw chicago politics reporter heather Sharon. heather welcome
0: Hi, Justin.
1: All right, let's dive right in. The mayor and the governor are putting tighter restrictions on businesses, especially bars and restaurants. Laura, what's happening here? What does this mean for the city and the state?
2: People are not necessarily being as careful as they need to be. Partly, it may be to p- pandemic fatigue. Partly, it may be because we're forced to spend more time indoors. But the numbers are just skyrocketing. Uh, uh, as the mayor pointed out this week, positivity went up like uh, two, almost two percentage points over just a few days they're trying to get a, a handle on this they're trying to take action and of course just as they did in the spring and the summer they're starting to get some pushback from restaurants and business yeah homes.
1: right right and either the illinois restaurant association came out kind of against mitigation uh you're seeing other businesses today i think there was a story saying businesses in will county are thinking they're just going to blow it off this is something that we knew was going to happen at some point but there seems to be uh local businesses pushing back
0: it's really difficult because these are the businesses that survived the first wave and were allowed to reopen even at a limited capacity and now in some cases have to shut their doors entirely. And that I think is really hard for a lot of people because a lot of people thought, despite those warnings that Laura talked about, that we would be through the worst of it at this point. And I just can't emphasize enough that that we are in no way, you know, through the worst. Yeah. Some of these
2: business owners are fighting for their lives. Some of the bar owners that are now being asked to close their doors again, these bars, just some of these bars just opened at the beginning of this month. And they just can't operate like that. There, there was a story in Block Club a few days ago about several restaurants in Chicago who just decided they're just going to shut down for the entire mm-hmm. winter and not operate at all until the spring and then see what happens. But not every business owner can afford to do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it almost becomes like seasonal. Like we're going to become like a a vacation town in the way that uh, they're just going to shut down in the wintertime and come back for the summer. Uh, Heather, the other thing, too, though, is when you have local leaders at the governor's office and the mayor's, uh, you know, with different messaging, there's a crack in the foundation. And it gives the opportunity for people like the Illinois Restaurant Association or others to say, these local leaders don't know what they're talking about. We're going to tell you what's up. You hope that there's just a little bit more um, messaging coming from our political leaders.
0: You're 100% right, Um, you know, and I think this week that was in stark relief when we had Mayor Lightfoot on Monday say that she she didn't think there was a cause and effect between her decision on October 1st to allow bars that don't serve food to reopen at 25% capacity and the surge that we have seen pretty much since that very day, and that she wasn't going to take immediate action on Monday. And that, of course, you know, was, you know, very different than what we heard from Governor Pritzker say that afternoon on Tuesday, on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, she was saying something very different, where she said that it was, you know, clear that bars and restaurants played a role in it because to eat indoors, to drink indoors, what do you have to do? You have to take off your mask. And every time you take off the mask, you increase the likelihood that you will spread the coronavirus or that you will contract the coronavirus that's, you know, been shown over and over again. So I think it's really frustrating for a lot of people when they're trying to figure out how can I be safe? How can I protect myself? How can I protect my family? How can I protect my business to get those sort of conflicting messages at a time when we're all on edge mm-hmm. about so many different things?
2: What I'm hearing loud and clear from the from the messaging this week, one thing is that We're moving closer and closer to a danger zone. We're moving closer and closer in Chicago to that 8 percent number where 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 the officials say we are going to have to shut down all public spaces. And I think what they need to be doing now is getting together and making sure that they have a consistent message so they can prepare people for that. Because as, as Joe Biden said on during the debate last night, we may be in for a long, dark winter.
1: Yeah. And, Heather's Governor Pritzker says he wants Illinois to vet any potential COVID-19 vaccine produced under the Trump administration. Vaccine distribution plans were due this week. They came in. But Governor Pritzker accused the president of politicizing the process. You know, as a national fight rages on in election season between some governors, including the the governor here in Illinois and the White House, there still is this issue of, of if a vaccine does come available, how it's distributed.
0: Right. And that is a huge undertaking under the best of circumstances. And we are very, very far from the best of circumstances. So I think there are sort of two things to think about. One is, is there a potential vaccine? And is that potential vaccine vetted through the normal channels, which means that it's been approved by the FDA, it's gone through what's called phase three trials, where there's been sort of a test to see whether people exposed to the Virus didn't get it, as well as sort of making sure that those people didn't develop other health concerns. The other issue is, is that you're not going to have 300 million doses of the vaccine as soon as it is approved. That's just not possible. So you're going to see this vaccine roll out based on need. And we heard this week from the governor sort of laying out those plans where the vaccine would first be given to those um, in hospitals, healthcare workers, and those in long-term care facilities. But, you know, under sort of ideal circumstances, it's going to be a long time before sort of somebody like me who doesn't have any risk factors and, you know, isn't in an especially dangerous circumstance could get that Mm -hmm. vaccine. And I think that's, something that people need to understand and sort of prepare themselves for, regardless of the politics, which is, you know, sort of a whole nother level that we don't really, we don't really know how will play out because it's not clear that the FDA will act before the election. And even if they did act before the election, there are rules now in place that would prevent that vaccine from starting to be distributed Mm -hmm. until at least late
1: 2020. Well, okay. So Laura, I mean, regardless Regardless of the outcome of the election, the president will be the president throughout 2020. Do you, are you worried about politics playing out here? I mean, we've seen this kind of play out in stimulus negotiations just about uh, any sort of monies given to uh, municipalities and cities in this country. Are you worried about vaccine distributions when it comes to places like Chicago, whom, which may be liberal and blue and, and the White House being sure. red?
2: Of course, especially considering that our local leaders, uh, particularly the governor and, and our mayor, have been... Um, relentless in terms of, uh, of their hypercriticism of the of the of the administration the Trump administration. Why should the Trump administration give us first dibs, give us access, uh, especially a Trump administration that has in it, 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 in itself politicized this and and it, even last night the president was saying that we're just a few weeks away from having the vaccine. When clearly, as Heather points out, there's a lot of questions that still remain, and even if we had the vaccine in hand tomorrow, it may be months before everyone can have access to it again. Uh, It's about transparency. It's about getting enough information out there that people have trust in the process and in the product. Because if they don't, you're going to hear more and more people say, as you you already see reflected in the polls, that they're afraid to take the vaccine. They are reluctant to take the vaccine. And that is not in the interest of anyone.
1: Well, Laura, Heather, that feels like a full roundup. But as they say on TV, but wait. There's more. The COVID pandemic and economic tumble means tough choices in the mayor's proposed city budget.
0: Lightfoot wants to raise property taxes, lay off hundreds of city workers, and impose furloughs on other workers.
2: Her proposed property tax increase would cost the average homeowner $56 more a year. This year, 2020, not only challenged our workforce, it devastated parts
0: of our economy. The final 2020 presidential debate taking place tonight in Nashville. We have a vaccine that's coming. It's ready. It's going to be announced within
1: weeks. It's his ineptitude that caused the the country to have to shut down in large part. Seems like weeks ago, but it was really only two days ago when Mayor Lightfoot delivered her budget address for 2021. Heather, your initial reaction to the speech.
0: Well, it's a very complicated plan. And it relies on really just a whole smorgasbord of deficit closing techniques to figure out a way to bridge that $1.2 billion gap. And there's a property tax increase, there are, are layoffs, there are furloughs, and there is just a massive debt restructuring refinancing plan. And it takes sort of a little bit from all of those techniques to get to a place where the mayor says that, her budget is balanced what it doesn't do is it doesn't defund the police in any real way and it doesn't really rethink the way that Chicago uses its police department to keep the city safe and I think that we're going to see a lot of uh, focus on that issue um, and we're going to see um, a, a really sort of you know, a, a committed group of aldermen sort of push back against uh, Mayor Lightfoot's really defense of the police department as a force for good in Chicago. And that is really, I think, where the rubber is going to meet the road in the next month of of budget hearings.
1: Laura, your thought, what was your reaction to the speech?
2: She made a very powerful presentation around a police officer who tried to, to save the life of a child. And then and and she broke up several times during the that speech, and I, and I think that was absolutely sincere and heartfelt. But it was also trying to send a message that the police are cru- crucial and vital to the to, to the life and, and health of the city. But she is going to have some pushback from folks, uh, the more progressive, liberal folks in the in the, the city council who see the police as not being necessarily the best way to provide social services, to provide mental health services. And they're going to be looking for more. And they've already a uh, group of aldermen, black alderman came out. I think it was even right before she actually delivered a speech demanding, um, I think it was like $50 million in, in anti-violence uh, uh, funding that they, they wanted to see come out of that budget. So she's going to be getting pulled and pushed from a number of different factions. She's got the more conservative faction who believes that we don't have enough policing, who feels, especially up on the northwest and in southwest sides, who feel that they don't get enough policing, enough services. Who are going to be calling for more. You're going to, she's going to be hearing from even uh, allies like Alderman Michelle Smith. Uh, in Lincoln Park who says who says her constituents are just fed up and can't take any more property taxes, whether it's $56 right. a year or something more than that. So she's got a lot of negotiating and a lot of work to do.
1: The way they say that, too, $56 yeah. for $250,000 worth of property. I don't know if you've been to Lincoln Park lately, but you're not <laughs> finding a $250,000 condo anywhere near that, so it's more, much more than that. Uh, something that also was a part of this budget was just this idea of layoffs and furloughs and, and really kind of painting this picture of what the budget is and what it's going to be if it doesn't get federal stimulus uh, help and from the federal government and she's not mincing words. Let's, Let's, let's
2: listen. Congress do your job. Don't leave us cities and towns all across this country, high and dry. Do your job that we sent you there to do.
0: Yeah. You know, she's been sounding the alarm on the lack of another federal relief package for, for several months. But I think that, you know, she has to accept that the package is being blocked by senate republicans and i don't know that anything that mayor lightfoot the democratic mayor of chicago could say would sort of break that logjam it's also sort of i got to say sort of an easy way to sort of right. you know point the finger and say yeah things are bad and i've done what i can but really the villain here is you know points to washington
1: yeah she's at, she's pounding the table she's mad she's she sounds like a a middle manager tell us, to do your job. Uh, mm-hmm. But she's really doing that to grandstand to Chicago and to say, it's not my fault, it's the Senate's fault.
2: Well, and she's been dragging her feet for months using help from Congress as an excuse. She, In fact, she she postponed the speech that she gave this week because she was hoping that there, there would be some good news from Congress before she had to bite the bullet. So she couldn't no, no longer wait. There's not probably any cavalry coming from Congress. It doesn't look to me as though they're going to get any kind of a deal, certainly before the election. So now... You, even even now, she's not really completely biting down the bullet. She's saying, "Okay, I, I don't see any any money coming now, so I'm going to put off uh, layoffs until next March because and maybe if there's a Biden administration, and maybe by next March we will see some movement from Congress and we we will get some salvation." And hinging all her hopes. On November 3rd election, it's not a good place for her to be.
1: I don't know how many times that uh, in the Emanuel administration or the Daily administration that there were even concerns that this would be close when it comes to a budget vote in city council. Heather, this is a different day in Chicago, and there would be a possibility that there at least would be a closer vote than usual in Chicago history.
0: Cast your memory back a whole year. Lightfoot's first budget uh, passed thirty nine to eleven, which was back then an unprecedented show <laughs> <Startling>. of dissent. <laughs> right from progressive aldermen who wanted more money for mental health services, um, and the mayor was was really nonplussed when we said, you know, gosh, what what a you know so many no votes. How you know how do you sleep at night? And she said, look, I need twenty six. I got thirty nine, so I'm all good. I think think that approach will be challenged because there are so many other potential flashpoints for aldermen to say, you know, I just, I, I can't do it. So then the question becomes, you know, does she find herself in a place where she has to sort of take a page from former Mayor Emanuel and former Mayor Daly And does she have to start horse trading, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we saw many sort of, you know, almost unanimous budget votes because every alderman got a little something, you know, there was money for a new community center or, you know, somebody's streets got a little bit more money for repaving. Now, the mayor, Lightfoot, has said, "I I don't play that way. That's not what I'm interested in doing. But when you have a deficit of this scope, which has so much pain for so many people, I think the question is, does she have the sort of political aptitude to to sort of get this package through especially when you are asking aldermen to take votes that will come back to haunt them in 2023 when they're all up for re-election nobody wants to run for re-election in lincoln park like you mentioned having that a vote a potential vote to raise property taxes by 94 million dollars to hang around their neck yeah
1: Laura, this week, the, the Civic Federation comes out against the fair tax. Uh, you saw today that Ken Griffin is writing emails to his employees about uh, being against it. I would say a lot of opposition. Uh, what, a lot of people have already voted. I mean, that's one of the things that you're, you know, is the, uh, I guess, the elephant in the room that many people have already cast their vote. But the opposition is surging uh, here in late October
2: this is really shaping up to be not so much about the voters but about the battle of the billionaires you have ken griffin on one side and jb prisker on the other and as as you pointed out ken griffin sent a very nasty uh note out to his employees it was picked up by the tribune uh that's basically a t- accused uh jb prisker of being a tax dodger but they both have a lot at stake here jb prisker has his legacy. He sees this, this this tax as being sort of the pinnacle of his first term. And Ken Griffin doesn't like it because, according to sources, he's paid over $100 million in taxes. So he wants to reduce personally his taxes and he wants to re- reduce the tax obligation for his wealthy peers. That is why you're seeing this huge battle of ads all over the airwaves much of it was misinformation on both sides about what this tax really means, and I I wonder how much voters have just maybe even tuned out, as you say they've they've already started to vote, yeah, and are, and are just going with their gut on this one.
1: And uh, Heather, the other story that I did not prep you guys on that's just brand new and it's it's today's news story is that there will be no Santa Claus at Macy's this year. Uh, this <laughs> one came out that they had decided to do it virtual, but there will be no downtown. Uh, Santa Claus at Macy's or the old Marshall Fields uh, this year in Chicago.
0: I will probably be accused of being a Grinch, but that is no (laughs) loss uh, for me or my family, because I have always found something about department store Santa's in person to be, you know, somewhat creepy. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I said last week, you know, as they're they're rethinking social distances with uh, kids sitting on Santa's lap, I'm like, that might be the one thing that comes out of that's good uh, from the pandemic and COVID-19. But just the, I know that experience as a parent, uh, you know, there's nothing like the department store santa uh, good and bad uh heather sharon yes, they will they will have the macy's macy's will have the walnut room and the christmas tree so some things some things will to. be there all right we got something to look forward to laura washington from the chicago sun times and abc 7 heather sharon from wttw thank you to both for breaking down this week's news appreciate it thanks thank justin you. And that's the roundup for this week. For the best coverage of your city and your state and the best stories about you and your neighbors, listen to Chicago's NPR news station WBEZ at 91.5 FM or streaming at WBEZ.org. I'm Justin Kaufman. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. We'll catch you back here next time.